Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on everyone? Welcome to episode 141, the cognac episode. We get into some cognac. I didn't drink this whole fucking thing, but um I did drink some cognac on this episode. Lots of information, a few really interesting YouTube channels. Um articles as well, some serious, um some lighthearted, more jading Japanese women advice for you guys. Again, I am the for what I'm, I'm what you got <laughs> you know as far as advice on dating uh Japanese women for better or for worse apparently you know but you know it's cool it's a fun topic i really enjoy talking about it sharing my experience my instant my insight you know my own what i think is going down in these streets um before we get into it again please like please subscribe please comment thank you guys for taking the time um you guys shout rod guys shout joshua uh lots of long uh really in-depth comments uh you know um i would say like if it's nothing personal um or nothing you know kind of private maybe you know this trend uh for especially you guys you know leaving uh messages on the face on in the comment section might be a possible good idea so that other people can kind of follow that along if 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 it's up with you guys you know just let me know whatever private email questionsforkeel.com or not questionsforkeel.com questionsforkeel@gmail.com and or in the comment section whatever you guys feel uh not only you two guys but whoever else would be totally cool with me so uh, all right this is a long as intro um please like comment share and enjoy Oh man, hey, what's happening? What's happening people? Welcome to episode 141. This is 141 of the podcast. Thank you guys on YouTube. Thank you guys listening in audio wherever you at, wherever you are. Uh okay, I got to move this around. This is already going to be a recipe for disaster. Hold- <laughs> um I got I'll, t- I'll show you what I got in a second, but cheers to you guys. Mm. Whew, I got a little cognac tonight. We're getting classy on these motherfuckers. Um, I, yeah, I bought some cognac. It has no, you might be wondering why it doesn't have a cap on it is because uh, I bought this cognac online, actually on a, um, sorry, YouTube is I adjust everything. I bought this cognac online on a, um, on Yahoo auction because Yahoo is like running things in Japan still. It's it's kind of weird. I'm not even going to get into it right now. But basically, uh yeah, I got it on Yahoo auction. So um I I got it, you know, pretty affordable XO whiskey. Uh, not whiskey, what I'm talking about, cognac. But um the cork, it was, I guess it's old old bottle, so the cork was um I'm not going to say rotted, but <laughs> you know, it was fucked up. So I had to like take out the cork and filter it out and all that stuff. So just for the podcast, like I'm doing it with the bottle open and I get this shit away from me before, you know, to make sure it stays in the bottle. <laughs> you know? Then the podcast will get really interesting. But that's mm. all right. So um, I was trying to get some Remy Martin XO, but um, it's a little bit above my price range. Like I'm not like fully committed to getting a bottle of XO whiskey. Uh fuck whiskey not whiskey cognac so um i'm thinking about some cavassier but i heard like an old story about cavassier which kind of makes me be like yeah i don't know if i want to support it but i don't know whatever anyway uh so the camas i got another small bottle of uh exo superior cuz the exo i was like eh, it's not really you know exoish if you know what i'm saying so um i was I, I forgot to ask my dad dad i probably have to ask you about xo next if you're listening to this next time i, I talk to you i'll call you tomorrow i'll try and remember you, you're not going to hear this before then but you know i want to know if you've heard of this uh cognac and if so is it just dirt cheap <laughs> or am i just drinking like the bullshit or not uh i got the feeling i'm drinking the bullshit but so i'm gonna get the xo superior and see if there's any difference in that um but you know uh I'm at the stage in my life where I'm trying to drink some move move on up to some XO. So 
We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good enough to keep me warm and uh, keep the juices flowing. We've got some good shit going on. Mm. Because it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> it does not feel like Halloween at all here. Uh, I was just, it's funny because I was just uh, looking through, looking at the stream of Shibuya. If you're a longtime listener, you know every year. I do some type of Halloween kind of thing. I'm running out of material of it because I gave y'all all all my good shit like the first couple of years. And now I'm like, fuck, what the fuck am I going to talk about? um, So, yeah, just a quick up to the minute update on what's going on in Shibuya, even though this is going to come out after Halloween. Pretty much like it's, um, it's something interesting that I was seeing because... Basically, you know, the government, the local government, I, I don't know if I've said it on the previous podcast, has really been like discourage, trying to discourage people, you know, do virtual Halloween in Shibuya. Don't fucking come here. You know, we just don't want to spread coronavirus if possible and blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of been wondering the whole week, like, well, how many people are going to pop up there? You know, if you've known previous years, Shibuya, Halloween in Shibuya uh, is pretty intense if you don't know what Shibuya is Shibuya is like you know if you watch any documentary or anything related on Tokyo at all more than likely you're gonna see uh, some type of footage of Shibuya it's like kind of the epicenter of um young people party culture in Tokyo it's where you get your shits and giggles where I spent like a lot of my 20s I was I went there the other day um to take care of some shit and like some of the places like I used to, you know, get sloppy, <laughs> get sloppy and have closed down because of the virus. One place, the whole building is just gone. Like I was just like, oh, shit, this is a wrap. I took a picture and sent it to one of my friends like, yo, it's a wrap for that place. So but, you know, hey, whatever it be like that. Like I ain't in these streets anymore. Anyway, I'm in here drinking fucking cognac talking to you guys, you know, on my fucking sofa. So. Mm. Yeah. So that was you know um so yeah shibuya right so shibuya is the epi- become the epicenter of halloween pretty much it's just a huge cosplay party i'm gonna put this on the sofa see if it lasts all right um now nah, it feels like a bad idea <laughs> okay <laughs> all right um, um yeah it, 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 it um it's just become the epicenter of you know uh halloween culture here in tokyo which is basically a huge cosplay party for people in their 20s and late teens that's pretty much what what it is um for the most part at night and this year because of the corona situation you know the police and the local government have really been discouraging everyone from from going there and congregating there cuz it's literally tens of thousands of people swarming the motherfucker just google Shibuya. If you if you're a new listener, just Google S H I B U A uh, Halloween 2019, 2018, 2017, even, and you'll see a bunch of videos and shit. You know, um, each year it's gotten bigger. So if you want to see the most footage, you'll probably be 2018, 2019. But this year is completely different, and um, so I was interested to see like how many people would heed the warning to stay away from Shibuya. And I logged on earlier at about I think like when I got back home like like eight or eight o'clock or something like that. And I was surprised. Like, you know, there was a huge police presence out blocking off the um the intersection center guy, which is like the main intersection when you come towards Shibuya Station. It's the busiest intersection in the world. That's you know, the whole thing. Um it's busy as fuck. Lots of tons of people fly by there um fly through there if you will um so you know they had police out there blocking people off coordinating off the situation i was like oh shit they got the police got the area on lock i heard that they would have an increased police presence on there not like harassing people like get the fuck out of here with like their tasers out or swap team type shit but just like making sure everything is like orderly in previous years i think i believe the police were there all night so i was kind of surprised just before you know um checking in with you guys i wanted to give you guys some inside information on what's going down so i just checked in one more time and all the fucking police are gone (laughs) like all the police are gone i don't know where the police are i don't know what the fuck happened but i'm guessing like 10 30 11 o'clock they just dipped out which makes app and so there's like sprinkles of young people you know um a lot more young people after i after i um get off of this i'll probably just check it one more time because that's that'll be after last train Mm. 
which means like the people who are in Shibuya are basically pretty much stuck there for until morning. Um, you also got to remember there's um, people coming in just the, by the looks of it. Some of the people like dancing around center guy, like, yeah, yeah, I'm in center guy and taking pictures and stuff like that. I'm guessing they're coming from out of town, you know, Saitama, Chiba, other parts of Kanagawa, you know, a bit further into the suburbs and or rural parts of, uh, the Kanto area, which is kind of like the Tokyo metropolitan area, you know, they don't really get a chance to come into uh, the city as much, especially with Corona. So coming, going to Shibuya is like really special for them. I'm not trying to sound condescending. This sounds kind of condescending because like, you know, I'm a Shibuya OG. I've been doing that shit since 2004. Just saying. <laughs> that does sound condescending. But, but you know, it's the fucking truth. I'm an OG at this shit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, but no, no. So, you know, I could tell by the body language and how some of the people are reacting that they normally don't really come to Shibuya or haven't been to Shibuya for a long time. You know, and if you think about it, it's been like six months. It'll be exactly six months since uh, Tokyo went into kind of semi-lockdown type situations. So people that don't have a chance to come into Tokyo, don't have a chance to come into the city, especially don't have a chance to come into Shibuya. Plus, you have the added like excitement of Halloween. They're just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. I don't give a fuck about anything. So I'm like, all right, you know, um, they're in center guy. But it's just interesting that the police... Um, just got the fuck out of Dodge. Like, I was trying to think, I was sitting there just watching this shit for like 10 minutes. Like, you know, it's like 1130. I'm starting a little bit later because I was just watching this stream. Like, yo, why did the police fucking do that? Like, why did they show such a, but again, remember, you got to go back to my, one of my original statements, my tenants of, of life in Japan. The police, Japanese police are very different from Japanese than police in America and a lot of other Western countries. The police here are not law enforcers they're peacekeepers that's their job right they're not going there shoving people around telling them to get the fuck out of here which you know stop trying to spread the rona and, and you know get your ass at home they're not doing that they're just trying to make sure people don't jaywalk and, and of course as soon as they left people were jaywalking people were in the one dude was in the street with like a k nishikori which is like a he's a famous Japanese tennis player. He's in the middle of the fucking street, like pretending to play tennis. People run all around, you know, just doing dumb shit like as they would do before Japan. That's kind of a big deal, you know? Mm. And, but if there was a police presence there, they would just wouldn't be happening. So I was just sitting there just trying to think like, what is the logic behind the police pulling out of Shibuya at like, I don't know exactly what time they did, but like, I was somewhere between eight and eleven something at night because it was like on the stream. I saw there was not a police officer anywhere in sight. Like, and earlier this evening when I logged on, there were like I saw in that one intersection. I probably estimate between thirty and fifty police officers. Thirty to fifty police officers pulled out. Nobody there. Not a fucking uniform in sight. That's kind of you know. Interesting. So I was trying to think, like, why? And the only thing I came up with was um, for the police officer safety, right? The police department doesn't want to be responsible for any other police officers possibly getting infected by these dirty-ass young people with their fucking corona-infested uniform. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off with, with these young, dirty-ass young people with their corona-infested, you know, Halloween costumes. They want to get them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, you know. Um, but but that would be my, my guess, twofold. One, yeah, they just don't want to expose their officers to any more possible corona infection. Another possibility is, um, you know, it's more of like a PR thing. Like, you got to think about it, right? Like, Japanese police are there, again, to keep the peace. But I, my theory would be that a, another contributing factor to it is kind of any of the young people going to Shibuya late at night are going there specifically for the purpose of um, doing participating in Shibuya Halloween, those people are kind of going against society, if you will. They're engaging in mild antisocial antisocial behavior. It's already been established that 
you know, the facilities and the socially accepted norm is not to go there. So anyone going there is kind of going against society. So the police generally wouldn't be willing to protect those people is kind of, I think, another contributing factor to it from the high up people. Like, not like, fuck them, let them burn, but like, why do we have to, you know, for our officers, why do we have to put our officers in the line for people that don't want to take care of themselves? It's kind of how it would think, how I think it would go, those discussions would go down, you know, until a respectable hour, we're out there, you know, protecting the general public. But after that, fuck them. Like, not literally fuck them, but, you know, anyone who's out there at that time is doing it on their own accord and in defiance of kind of the gov- the the government mandated guidelines so whatever consequences they have to deal with let them deal with it they're kind of on their own is and they just turn a turn a blind eye to it it's kind of turn their back on it it's kind of what what i'm getting a suspicion is is going on you know of course there's no way for me to verify this this is all my you know cognac induced bullshit ass theory but you know (laughs) Uh, I kind of have a sinking suspicion it kind of went down like that so Hmm. so yeah that's that's Shibuya um, Halloween in Shibuya this year um, or Halloween in Tokyo this year Um, that's pretty much what it's come down to uh, um, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even gonna check this shit again. Like, I'll, I'll check it after I get offline because I, I got a bunch of other shit to talk to you guys about. Something really interesting to talk to you guys about too. And I'm probably already like 15, 20 minutes into this damn thing. Yep, see, I'm already 15 minutes in. Let me let me just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. All right. So speaking of walking through, speaking of walking through uh Tokyo, and not only Tokyo, different areas in Japan, I, I this popped up on my um I think it was on my TV um news feeds because you know I got the Facebook, you know I got balling, I got the YouTube app on my TV, <laughs> on my TV, um, but um yeah it just popped up on my on my um timeline for some reason. And I just clicked on it, and it was a really interesting <clears throat> YouTube channel. One of them is Japan 4K. There's a, again, please check the description. There's a link in the description. The other one, another one, when I was searching for Japan 4K, there, I think it was Virtual Japan is the other one. Um, but I put links to both channels. I wish I had this shit when I was in when I was moving here, so I could kind of know what I was getting myself into. But again, there was no YouTube. Um, when I moved here, there was just maybe a couple of still pictures, but I can't even remember, but, um, it's literally people taking virtual tours through, uh, different parts of, 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 of Tokyo and the other one is different parts of Japan. So like, it's just someone walking around Shibuya, walking around Ginza, walking around Shinjuku. And it's, it's, you know, I was sitting there watching it, um, for like uh, quite a few minutes, actually. And it was really relaxing. Um, you know, areas I'm like, well, in my mind, I'm like, why are you taking that street? Like, there's nothing up there. Like, you know, <laughs> some parts are like, why are you going that way? <laughs> like, go to a more interesting way. But, you know, um, it does give you, you know, a much more of a sense of different parts of Tokyo. Some areas that you've heard me talk about, Shibuya, Jiyugaoka, uh, Ginza, Shinjuku, Ikebukuro. Uh, I'm 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 thinking I was I was flirt, flirting with the idea of doing some reviews of these again. I'm just throwing ideas. Don't expect any of this shit. Okay, please don't. I'm just throwing these random ideas out. Just you know, keeping them active in my head so that when I do have time, um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get them flowing. Like this week, even I just replied to a few comments uh, from the previous episode. My bad, especially, you know, our longtime listeners, uh, Joshua and uh, Rod, my bad about uh, the late comments. I just got to say it publicly because um, this I didn't tell you guys catch up, catch you guys up. Oh, yeah. Speaking of this, Dad, uh, if you're listening, I want you or watching or both. Or, I don't know. I want you to know this, too. Um, yeah, I had a pretty busy week just with doing dad stuff uh work's pretty busy now um like my schedule just filled up at the end of the month it kind of filled up so um you know i just just working coming home taking care of family stuff and uh we got like a small backyard and we had a shed that we're kind of replacing a small shed japanese size shed so there's a carpenter you know that um 
that that came through family friend i guess and so i helped him out like you know uh, he's like an older guy in his 60s uh and so uh i've met him a few times before but you know i was before i hit my costco run one morning on my day off the other day i helped him out and uh talking specifically to my dad you know i felt really proud you know because my if you guys know my dad's a carpenter um and semi-retired carpenter i don't know how much my dad works now but um a master carpenter you know and he you know i my first jobs were working with him as a kid you know um like i've been working since i was 12 years old i still remember the first day i worked and i was like what the fuck did i get myself into <laughs> like he's just like you come to work with me i was just complaining to him about being on summer vacation the whole time and I was like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. And then one day he was like, all right, fine. You're coming to work with me tomorrow. I was like, oh, shit. I almost shit a brick. But but, <laughs> but no, it was like uh, I, I told him like a few, uh, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. That was honestly him um, taking me to work with him was probably the, the most important thing he taught me in life. You you taught me that. I've told you this probably before. I don't know if you remember or not, but, you know, you taught me work ethic. It did. And uh, me working, me working as I was helping him. It's not a big shed at all. Don't think like an American Western size shed at all. It's like a small shed. Um, but, but, um, like, uh, yeah, it was interesting doing it for a few different reasons. Like, one, you know, I was like, huh, I've this is my, I'm working with master carpenters. On or helping out, not working with, helping out master carpenters on two different continents and two different countries and two different languages. That's interesting. You know, um, that was a one interesting thing. And the second thing is, um, you guys are all the same. <laughs> you, like he, like helping him out, like reminded me so much of helping out my dad, like back in the day. You know, he's like talking to him. Like I just know, just shut the fuck up. Don't, don't ask him any questions when he's talking to himself asking himself questions don't say shit don't try to help him figure anything out like he's just figuring it. he has his process you know and and so like i just sit there and you know kind of clear a path for him prepare his materials for him you know getting yelled at by my dad like you know dad like all that stuff i think i made you proud because you know he told um uh, my mother-in-law, he was like, you know, um, he, he, um, Akil saved me, you know, <laughs> cause it, the project was, it, it was maybe a bit too big for one person to do on his own. You know, he needed like one and a half persons to do it. Mm. Dad, you can imagine what I'm saying. So like two people, it can be, it was done quite smoothly, but one person, it would be like difficult, extremely difficult to do. I mean, he came before and laid the foundation, but putting the whole thing together you put the roof on and stuff like that it's like about a six foot shed a, a little bit about a six foot six foot plus sheds yeah so um yeah yeah but but just being able to you know have sense about that type of project and what needs to be done and you know what needs to be done next and how to help him out you know so that the job went smoothly made me feel a sense of pride and appreciation for the experience i had with my dad as a kid you know it's always funny like <laughs> whenever i go back to america whenever the next time i go back to america is you know um it's just funny like my dad's got some project he wants me to do and he's like five minutes after i come through the door it's like okay hey grab this do that move this around like i'm like all right cool good well, dad, you know he's like all right hurry up you gotta do this you gotta you know squeeze them up this way i'm like all right dad my bad like you know <laughs> but i i know like it's kind of a learning process is the way we communicate but um it, it makes me smile on the inside like you know like good to be home kind of thing you know um Give me a little, a little misty eyed. I'm not gonna cry on here, but you know it. It does make me, you know, appreciate. And, and Dad, I love you. If you listen, I love you, Dad. Um, you know, I love you for who you are. I love you for the lessons you taught me. Um, and yeah, I do appreciate, you know, um, those times and think about what 
during the time it was fucking crazy you know like i got blisters on my thumbs i'm carrying heavy shit like up ladders my dad's like hurry the fuck up hurry the fuck up and i'm like i'm i'm afraid of heights dad like <laughs> don't you know this you got me on this roof carrying buckets like what the fuck <laughs> but but you know um it's good memories now and 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 just you know even though I was, I was tired and i had like to put together another piece of furniture later on that day um you know just i knew like the japanese carpenter could understand like i knew what the fuck i was doing i wasn't just like a useless body you know like i was some use like okay no i can carry this okay I'll, you may screw this man like knowing when like he's trying to do something i need to hold this so that he can do that i need to you know get this ready so that he's ready to do this put it this way so it can be put in the, you know like that type of shit that type of sense you know i kind of got instilled in me from my experience with my dad even on some level you know i'm not like, like i said i'm not going to build a fucking house on my own but you know i can put together a decent piece of fucking ikea furniture and i can you know um i can at least help a person out who knows what the fuck they're doing you know and and be i would say um significantly more useful than the average person walking off the street so that felt good to be able to do that and to you know in japan it's the kind of country where like the way you are and the way you carry yourself um your atmosphere reflects upon the people, you know, yourself, your history, your family, the type of person you are. So I knew like that, you know, the conversation, like after I left and went to Costco, they were having a conversation about me and about my family and about my dad and about, you know, um, my family history, which kind of felt good you know it, it did felt it did feel good and and it does feel good and, and it makes me kind of proud um that i had that experience growing up and so thank you dad thank you cheers to you some exo cognac which might or might not be good okay <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. so that's pretty much what's been going on with me um, let me pour myself another drink. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me put this mic down and pour myself another drink. Oh, no. Now I'm gonna do this one handed. Uh and I'm not gonna spill it. I'm not gonna spill my yak. Boom. Not gonna spill my yak. Can't do that. All right. All right, so let's get into let me see what else we got. Yeah. So check it out. Uh walking through Japan. Um those two different channels just fish around you'll find some areas you'll find some things that i think you'll like and in down the road i might toy with the idea of um guiding you guys through some different areas and and showing you guys what i what i see excuse me okay let's get to the main event ah no 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 hold on hold on hold on oh yeah before that let's get to some bullshit Alright, some bullshit ass news uh, is that I, I can't remember if I've talked about it on this forum, but yeah, I try to stay away from radioactive Fukushima type shit, but this one is something that's been on my radar for quite a while, and it seems like it's finally coming to a head. If you don't know, of course you know about, you know, the um, nine years ago, the Great Japan, East Japan earthquake, which I was here for not fun um the fukushima nuclear power plant incident not fun so during that time the cleanup effort in for the nuclear power plant has produced a shit ton of contaminated water now um because you know the nuclear i'll go deeper into it the nuclear basically the nuclear rods that are in the um, disabled power plant are still fucking radioactive, which means they generate a shit ton of heat, which means to, to keep them from, I guess, melting down, they're constantly pumping water into the power plant. And that's what's been going on for the past nine years. Now, you might think, great, cool, keep it from melting down. But these are radioactive rods. So once, basically once, the radioactive water 
once the water is introduced to the radioactive rods, it becomes radioactive water, right? Now, this is where the shit gets kind of fishy because, you know, after that, it can't be used. So all this radioactive water for the past nine years has basically been um, stored in big-ass barrels, right? And they say it's gone through some decontamination process, but I don't, I'm 100 with you, I don't trust the government telling you any of that bullshit. Like, yeah, it's safe. Yeah, it's fine. We've all heard that before from various different governments, various different countries, so I don't trust shit, right? Well, now, you know, the government for some time, there's been an internal kind of discussion what to do with the water, you know, is quote-unquote safe to release into the ocean. You can see where this is going. So, you know, um, there have been several legal battles with it, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of been pushed and kicked down the can. Recently, I put a, article, a link to the article. The new Prime Minister Suga has kind of said that um, in the near future, they're going to resolve the issue. In my opinion, it means like they're just going to say fuck it and dump all this radioactive water into the ocean. That's kind of what I think is going to happen, right? Like, I'm fucking sure it's going to happen. Like, you know, um, mm, what, how I guess it would go down is um, I'm guessing more towards the end of his term as prime minister. Because, you know, for of course, I would think he wants to stay prime minister. Um, but if he is um, for that at the end of this year, I mean, he's probably got about a year as prime minister. If to, my guess is if towards the end of the year, you know, he's not, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to hold on to the seat or, you know, the powers that be because he's not really a minted family politician, you know, if you will. So he, he, he doesn't have that bloodline. So if there's someone else up to bat and they're ready to usher him out, they'll just say, okay, fuck it. While you're here, go ahead and release all that nuclear, all that nuclear fucking waste water into the ocean and say it's safe. And then like, you know, and then the next person will come in. So they'll just get him to do all the fucking dirty work. Um, all the ground, he's doing all the groundwork, all the dirty work for the party. I'm guessing in the hopes that he can hold on to the seat even longer. I'm not quite sure if that will happen just because he doesn't have the, the, the history, the pedigree, if you will. He, I mean, he, he, he's been doing the work he's trying to continue a premise of Abe's legacy, but I don't know. But honestly, that's what I think is going to happen. I think at some point in time, he, you know, next year, if you will, um, they're going to sneak it in and be like, yeah, we're just going to release all this fucking water. I heard they have like a thousand, I believe the article, I've read it like several days ago, uh, off the top of my head, like a thousand barrels, like these are fucking huge, not barrels, like tankers, like water tankers full. I've seen pictures of them, like big fucking tankers i wouldn't even call them uh, barrels of radioactive water um you know they say uh, okay i'm not gonna say radioactive i'll just say contaminated water or decontaminated water let's just keep it pc but yeah i've just kind of avoided the topic because it's you know like it's just like eh. but yeah it, 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 i think they're just gonna release that shit into the ocean like and which kind of sucks. Um, do you go ahead? You can go ahead and do your own research on the topic. I'm sure if you type in Fukushima water decontaminated ocean, some shit like that, it'll come up, right? The, the article I uh, I have is 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 there. So yeah, yeah. Let me check the time. So okay, okay. All right, cool. We're still recording. We're still recording. Just got after that one time that the shit stopped. I gotta always check, but. But yeah, that's like a bummer kind of story. So, you know, I'm guessing it'll happen sometime next year. I'll keep you posted if, if and when it does for some bullshit. Hey, but okay, before I get out of here, I got the main event topic. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. The main event topic, uh, Joshua, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to do another Nobita video. I got notes. I got notes. I got notes. Do 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 do. Nate ate dog. That's my Nate dog impression. Pretty terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, but well, rest in peace, Nate Dog. Um, but Nobita did uh, it just again popped up on my timeline again because I guess I was looking at some Nobita stuff. If you don't know, Nobita is a Japanese YouTuber who who YouTube's in English. He has a very Japanese, very Japanese pronunciation and intonation, but his English is very good. He's a very clever, witty guy. I enjoy watching his stuff, and him. And the other guy, fuck, I forgot the other guy's name right now because I'm drinking cognac. But he also um, tackles a lot of issues that I really like. But this Nobita one, and Nobita is pretty sarcastic as well. A lot more sarcastic than the other guy. Um, but uh, Yuta, Yuta's the other guy, sorry. Yuta's a bit more straightforward than Nobita. Nobita's like says some wild shit sometimes. But um, but I, I like them both. But so, so just, again, we're on the women chapter of this fucking podcast right so um anyway making sure i'm not with making okay sorry sorry about that let me make sure i'm not like hold on one second Okay, I think this will be okay. Okay, all right. Okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, what am I talking about? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Let me get focused. Let me get focused. So here we go. Nobita, ten types of Japanese girls, right? Uh, this is kind of interesting because, um. He his list he gave I really agree with. The one thing I would say though is that he um uh definitely gives uh some what's what's we call it um types of girls that can be kind of intermingled if you will and can be kind of clumped together. Like it's not like a static list, you know. He he came up with the list on his own. But, you know, sometimes some of the categories can be lumped together or mixed together to create another type of another category. So I'm just going to go through them, give my opinion on these types of Japanese girls and, you know, uh, some some, yeah, feedback or whatever. And please go ahead. It's in the link. And, you know, again, I'll try my best to start a new playlist with some of his shit on there. So, um, first one is dumb Japanese girls, right? <laughs> hey, he said it. I didn't say it. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, it's true. Um, pretty much these are some of the girls that or girls or women who are some of the most calculating, you know, um, they're dumb because they're pretending to be dumb. I don't know. I can't give what percentage or how much, but to some degrees, like they do, pretend to be dumb to get attention from guys or you know um become more appealing to guys some guys like it some guys don't uh, i don't i'm not in that category um it's probably one of the most annoying categories of japanese girls to me uh yeah it's for a lot of different reasons i just won't get into but you know depending on your personality um, these are more the quote unquote cute girls and again me i'm into cute girls not really sexy girls uh let me say it again. I'm into sexy girls, not cute girls so much. You know, women women with sex appeal as far as like just being cute. Um, watch his video. If you, if I do put this on the playlist, you I'll probably do it where his video comes first and then my video comes after. So hopefully, if you if you're watching this on the playlist, you've seen his video already. Anyway, mm, mm. so that's will probably be my advice then just to break the situation if you are listening to this or reading this listening to this or watching this stop the podcast now and go ahead and watch the video his video first and then it'll make this go a lot smoother anyway all right i'm hoping you've done that so i'll just waving around that's what that's what kind of freaked me out okay i'm not waving around anything important it's a bunch of stuff on here but it's not anything important anyway um anyway uh what is it tsundere girls i've never heard of this and he he cited some tv drama which i really didn't know about but um apparently um yeah tsundere girls are really blunt cold and harsh japanese girls i've dealt with not dealt with in a romantic way but um you know had 
interactions with these type of girls at some points, you might deal with some of these women in your workplace, if you will. I can think of one in particular. And on the surface, they're like, they're like M&Ms. <laughs> That's what I can think of. Like, you know, candy coated on the outside, chocolate on the, not really chocolate, but, you know, soft, gooey. M&Ms aren't gooey, but you know what I mean. Like they're, they're, they're soft on the inside. So even though they have a hard exterior, if you can get through to them, they are, you know, quite lovable, quite funny, typical women, you know. But the arts outside is quite harsh. And I would say um, these type of Japanese women, you can't really get to the inside i'm not talking like in a bedroom type of way necessarily but <laughs> but you can't really get inside their exterior without their respect and res them respecting you i would say meaning uh the understanding that you know about you know about japan know about japanese culture know about the japanese way of doing things if you can get past that level then you can earn their respect because you're kind of seen as their equal. But if you're just like another fucking gaijin dude, like, you know, here doing a bunch of dumb shit, you're not going to get their respect. Either they won't, will ignore you or like say some real harsh shit to you. Pretty much is what I imagine. Um, but, but if, if you let them know that you know what's up and not in like a, you know, confrontational kind of like way on their terms, it changes it flips the whole script so um the number three is pure japanese girls like and these are kind of girls or women that you'll see on japanese tv in movies um you know and pretty much i'd say like yeah the quote-unquote i and he says it too that quote-unquote ideal image of a japanese woman if you will mm. elegant understated um supportive strong, um, dignified, you know, uh, sensual, <laughs> alluring. I can keep going on and on and on, you know. Um, but yeah, like these women are, I'd say interesting, have depth to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times sophisticated, if you will, conservative, I would say, especially very conservative. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it depends on who you are, what your background is, what their type is. But, um, you know, these for me, like I'm just thinking from the perspective of like a foreign guy just in Japan experience in life in his like mid to late 20s, possibly early, early 30s. This type of girl is the type of girl who will have fun with you as a boyfriend, but wouldn't consider you as a husband, you know, if you will. Um, or if if she does start to consider you as a husband, you'll run into problems down the line, unless you really got your shit together. If you got cash, if everything's all good, then you have the high ground. But if you're just trying to figure life out, you'll be fun to hang with, but you'll have problems down the road. Okay, um, next is carnivorous girls. Carnivorous girls is, you know, again, really aggressive man-eaters, if you will. Um, Japanese man-eaters, um, they're more like that from a media kind of thing because there are a certain subset of Japanese, especially younger Japanese guys who are more passive, herbivorous guys, you know, so think dinosaurs, you know, the carnivorous women are like, come here, motherfucker, Urgh. and the guys are like, eee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best explanation ever but but um yeah I, I don't i don't really know what these women are like i i i hear about it i don't really see it again maybe because i'm i'm a motherfucking man yeah <laughs> no because you know i'm like a old school kind of guy so you know i don't really What's the word? I'm not a passive guy, is especially to, around women. So, you know, um, a woman like that really wouldn't really dominate me in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I wouldn't feel 
intimidated by a woman like that. So I might have interacted with women like that in the past, like just going out, hanging out, talking with someone. But I might not have even noticed it because I'm just doing me. And if she says some shit, it's like, okay, you know, all right, you're a strong woman, whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying this is to mean women, but what I mean is like, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, you know, like I'm a, like I said before, I'm an accommodating person, so I'm not gonna be like, Yo, I'm the motherfucking man. What you fuck you talking about? But at the same time, I'm also not gonna be like, oh shit, yo, you're stronger. You know, I'm not gonna be like that. So I, this category for me, I hear about it, but I don't really know what it is, just because it doesn't really. I don't think it really applies to me, so I can't really call it that one. Uh, number five, gallery Japanese women, Japanese girls, which is a dying sub genre. He even nobody even says it, so it's not even really worth talking about too much. If you are dating gallery or even like a girl with gallery traits, but for me, for me personally, even because you know, I was in Japan when gallery culture was still kind of popping here, um, and I just gotten here. But as a black dude, I feel like. Black dudes and Galu don't really mix. I would say even foreign dudes and Galu don't even really mix. And so um, I would think Galu in general would not be interested, as interested in foreign guys, except as a novelty. And even dating one of them wouldn't really be that interesting. I mean, I remember when I first came here, they dress very sexually. You know, lots of revealing clothes, lots of skimpy clothes. There's a lot of different sub categories and subgenres maybe one day i'll get into it but i remember coming here you know seeing basically girls looking like hoochies you know like they got basically wearing bras and mini skirts and like i'm like oh you know i'm 22 i'm like okay what's up with that you know what's up <laughs> but but you know i quickly found out that one they weren't interested in me two there really wasn't many much substance there and three they travel in packs so you know like just trying to isolate and, and holler at one is pretty much a tall order you know unless you go into the ichimala q building and then just try and directly holler at somebody which is just a sleazeball move i just wouldn't do that so mm. so it's just I never had any serious interaction with any Galu ever. So, you know, um, and some of the other subcategories of Galu is just not something I would be interested in at all. So got to skip that one. Another one, you, you're going to be um, have to deal with business Japanese girls or Japanese women. Um, these women are working, kind of workaholics. Now, um, they are pretty much common especially in the tokyo area i'm thinking of one person in particular um they are for me personally kind of attractive you know um just because they're so uptight (laughs) i'm like loosen up girl (laughs) like loosen up girl you know um so um but again um being a single guy i would say my advice to a single guy a new single guy would be yeah, you're going to have to play second fiddle to work. And if you do get in a serious relationship with a girl who is serious about her job, at some point in time, if you're not really serious about life or you're trying to figure out what you want to do, you're going to come to heads, you know, because remember, like I said, like the situation for women, especially women with a career path, is not that accommodating here in Japan. It's getting better, but it's not. So in her mind, she's going to be thinking, as you, if she's thinking about you as a serious boyfriend, she's also thinking about you as a potential husband, as a potential father, as a potential life partner, as someone who's going to be able to provide for a family, right? And at some point in time, late 20s, early 30s, the hammer is going to come down, you know? And... um. So these, in my feeling, business Japanese girls can all can turn into tsundere Japanese girls, the kind of blunt, strong type. And if you're married to one of these girls or women, you can imagine like, you know, if she's making more money than you, she has a more stable job than you. She starts getting up in that ass about like getting your shit together and being like a typical Japanese salary man. It might not be that much fun. So just that's kind of my word of caution with that. 
Um, but but on the other side, like you know, I would say my feeling impression is that like you know because they're so uptight, the offside of it, you know, would be without getting too detail would be fun would be enjoyable if you know what i'm saying like you know when she is kind of like lets her hair down could get interesting is is i'm gonna leave it there (laughs) okay (laughs) all right um number seven housewife wannabe japanese girls yeah and for me the the one note i have out of all the girls on this list this would be the biggest equivalent to a Japanese gold digger, right? These would be the gold diggers. Dumb girls and gold diggers would, would be the main ones, right? Because they're, you know, if you watch the video, they are looking for a husband. They're looking for, you know, a rest haven. They're looking for someone to take care of them and to make sure everything's going to be all right. Which, with what that means is you're going to have to provide. And you're not just going to have to provide. You're going to have to provide something that matches their image of what they want. And it was what they were looking for. Now, you know, and the the upside to that, if you can do that, they'll be a loyal wife, take care of everything. You don't have to do shit. You know, they'll be cooking. They'll be taking care of place spotless. You know, everything. Ginky ass wife will be great. But you can never fuck up. If there's no, like, we'll figure it out together, honey. There's no, like, you know, um xyz happened it's like you need to provide a stable home and for the rest of your life for her that's it and her your kids no questions asked that's what she's looking for and depending on what level she's looking for you know if you are if you're if you my advice if you're dating someone and you have a suspicion that you're dealing with that type of girl find out very quickly what her image of life is she wants you know because you're gonna have to meet that and you're gonna have to meet that immediately if you're her boyfriend as soon as you get married you're gonna have to meet that like so there's no questions asked there's no maybe if like it's gonna she's gonna make your life a living hell if you don't and if and if anything happens and there's any like cracks in the castle your life is gonna be a living hell um i was listening to it's funny like like an example of that i was listening to um someone hmm, i forgot who it was but someone one of my students told me a story of something happened i I won't get into details because i you know i won't tell details about what my students said but basically something happened and i guess like they had a happy family everything was like that and the husband fucked up and he did something kind of stupid um not a deal breaker but kind of stupid and it kind of affected not like cheating or infidelity or anything like that but something kind of stupid it affected like the general peaceful tranquility of the household and basically the wife was like we're gonna take care of this don't you ever fucking do this shit again. If you do, I'll divorce your ass in a heartbeat. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was serious. Like, you know, um, my image, it's that type of girl, that type of woman. Everything, she's all smiles and giggles. Hey, you want some pancakes? Hey, you want some steak? Hey, what do you want for dinner? Hey, I'll go grocery shopping. But if you fuck with the tranquility at home, she's on your ass like fucking velociraptor okay so that for me uh, a gold digger would be that not necessarily looking for the huge come up but looking for a rest haven all right let me get through these because i gotta work tomorrow and i'm working my way through this cognac oh shit it's almost one o'clock in the morning okay yeah all right i'm working my way through this cognac so you know we gotta yeah yeah it's about an hour okay let me just try and wrap this one up all right, I'm going to go through these last ones kind of quickly because they're not really um, the, these two. Gaijin Hunters, I don't really have... To, okay, you're going to encounter Gaijin Hunters. If you remember my story about... I don't think the girl um, with the, like, ruby fake chain that took me to the Izakaya and tried to feed me chicken. Uh, gosh, I just saying that just like uh. okay anyway um i don't think she was a gaijin hunter i think she was just trying to like 
come up on an opportunity because she knew I was new to Japan. But generally, guys, my only advice would be gaijin hunter chicks, they can smell your newness in Japan. So just be aware of that. That's that's my only one thing. They know before you know. Like as soon as you walk through the door, if you're new to Japan, there's some Japanese girl in the shadows, you know, ready to like pounce on your ass like a fucking snow leopard because she knows that you're new to Japan. That's all. I'm just telling you. All right, num- number nine, mommy, mommy girl, which is mama's girls, you know, who are just always around their mama. Um, again, this uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of like try to connect a few of these categories to the best of my ability uh, in a second. But number 10, um, foreign influence girls. For me, these are the coolest chicks you're going to meet if they're not too far in the spectrum. There's a spectrum of foreign influence, like girls. There's girls who like, fuck, I hate Japan. Everything foreign is great. But that's kind of like a little bit weird to me. Those are kind of weirdos to me. Like the the good balance is like, I know about life outside Japan, but I'm still Japanese, but very open-minded, exposed to other countries, but still, you know, grounded in my Japanese-ness. You know, and, and my wife, I would say, fits the final category. And, you know, um, so we can, you know, we can experience life out. We can experience other cultures, music, things together, movies. You know, I told you we went we went to see um, The Hangover for the first time, you know, in the movie theaters together. We were the only two people laughing the whole movie. We went to see Tropic Thunder. We were the only two people laughing our asses off the whole fucking movie. You know, <laughs> um so like and I'm dead serious the whole theater was quiet I felt bad because I was like we were rolling you know and then and, and everyone else was just like <coughs> chewing popcorn you know so <laughs> we were just like dying so like that's kind of why I love my wife because you know I can I can have those type of things with her those conversations with her even if we don't necessarily agree 100% all the time but I can have those conversations with her um it just makes things so much easier um so generally speaking like foreign influence girls are I think a lot of the international relationships I see happening in Japan um with I'll just leave it there. All right, so let, let me just try and connect a few of these dots. So if I had to connect dumb girls, I'd connect dumb girls with um, possibly pure Japanese girls or carnivorous girls. Um, yeah, again, depending on how, what kind of role they're trying to play. Uh, tsundere girls, I got to ask somebody about this. Again, business girls is kind of go together in my opinion. Um, oh yeah, dumb girls, also housewife, wannabe girls, kind of goes together. Carnivorous girls, maybe business girls, maybe gaijin hunter girls as well, I'm not quite sure, again, I just don't have too much experience interacting with this type of women, I'll just be like, yo, that's just not my type at all, that's not my vibe at all, so I just kind of like, push that to the side, especially from drinking, I just have no patience for that shit at all. Um... Yeah, business girls. I talked about housewife types. I talked about gaijin hunters. A mommy, um, gaijin hunters. Maybe business girls. Possibly tsundale girls. Possibly. I think I, t- I talked about um, um, what's his name? V dog. Whatever his name is. C C dog. V A. I think it is. Um, when if you remember a few episodes back, he was talking about a date that he went on. The girl was just rattling off a bunch of conditions. She seemed to me like a gaijin hunter, a tsundale girl mix, you know, um, sounds like I'm talking about like puppies or something, but, but <laughs> on my apologies, Japanese women if, if or women in general, if you think I'm disrespecting you in any way, but I'm just giving you the real on how I see it. Um, mommy girls, mommy girls and dumb girls and possibly housewife wannabe girls. I was thinking about this as well. I think the mommy girls, um, are, you know, the children of housewife wannabe girls. Why? Because they have terrible relationships with their husbands, probably not having a, having a sexless relationship. So the husband's probably out there cheating. You know, he's providing, but he, 
their focus, all their energy on the kids. That's something that happens in a sexless, sometimes loveless relationship. All the energy gets poured onto the kids, right? So just look out for that if you're in an international relationship here. Like, what's the relationship with the mom? If the dad's like a ghost somewhere in the breeze, that's an indicator of something else going on behind the scenes that you're going to want to be aware about, which means, especially if they're still married, I mean, now divorce is kind of like a possibility in Japan, but, you know, people still stay together. So, you know, especially if they're in a family with a bit of money, you know, and the daughter is really strongly connected with the mom. It means because the mom doesn't have to spend time with her husband, you know, because he's an asshole, which means the husband or your quote unquote possible father-in-law might be hawkish on you and be like, how are you going to provide for shit? Which means behind the scenes, the mom might feel the way, which means that's possibly can come back around to you. It's interesting, like when you're dating someone, you know, on the first date, you don't think about all these things, but all these forces are culminating behind the scenes. And one day they will just come crashing on your fucking head. So just be aware of it. I talk to younger, younger co-workers, younger colleagues about the shit all the fucking time. Just be aware of it. That's all I'm saying. And the last one, foreign influence girls. If I have to match this with a category, I might, depending on the person. It could be a business Japanese girl mix. It could be carnivorous girl mix. It could be tsundere girl mix. Uh, or possibly a gaijin hunter mix. You know, just just depending on, on the person, the situation, whatever. So that's about it. So, you know, take that with, with whatever and do with it what you will. And yeah, yeah. All right. So let's stop it right there. So, all right, whew, whew, we're exactly about about an hour into it. So, um, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for all this. this I'll, we'll probably have another cognac episode like coming up soon because I got another bottle of cognac coming. So, so all right, check out the links. Um, and, yeah, we'll leave it there. So, all right, y'all, I'll see you next time. Peace.